Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom. Welcome back to the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. We're on episode 96. What a glorious day it is. Another opportunity to serve, another opportunity to get it right. And so I had told you all, we made the announcement that we're coming up to our 100th episode. So we're going to have a drawing on June 11th. So if you've already given me your email address, you will be included in this drawing. Um, it'll be two people for $100 because it's our 100 episode on June 11th. So how do you be a part of it? Leave your email address. People have been sending me their email address to my uh, private messenger, or you can just leave your email address at the bottom, okay? And so uh, you all are a blessing to us for tuning in, and we want to be a blessing to you, all right? Okay, and so uh, I'm going my topic today, I'm Easter, and we're going to do a little Easter keeping it real, is the hand you are dealt. And so Rabbi mentioned this last week, and it's just been in my spirit. It's been in my spirit all week, the hand we're dealt. And so, uh, and I think about our ancestors' hands that they were dealt, like in slavery. And then one day, I know Juneteenth is coming up saying you're free and don't have any money and don't know where to go and confused and never got the, the reparations, the, the 40 acres and the mule, how that must have felt. Like that hand that they were dealt, it, it was harsh. And so think about yourself, like, like what hand were you dealt? What hand were you dealt? And so I have these, uh, these little cards here I had gotten from the, the Super Bowl, but there, there's some, some cards here. And I, a lot of people, they'll call me, they'll email me, they'll text me about some of the hands that they were dealt. And I just want to go over 30 things that I've heard about people, hands they were dealt. And just think about your situation, because I know out of one, out of these 30 things, you've dealt one of these hands. Rape, poverty, drugs, broken home, motherless fatherless, alcoholism, discrimination, slavery, starvation, gay, lesbian, fear, pain, help us Lord, beat up, somebody beat you up, spit on, call these names, nigger, Negro, black, colored, African-American, brown. We are Hebrew Israelites. Some people even call us black Jews. Prison, homeless, Ooh. verbal abuse, uneducated, deaths all around you. Murder, your people been murdered. Broken marriages, people being unloyal. Hatred, help us Yahweh. Loneliness, hardship after hardship. Mental illness, confusion. Sexual abuse. When I was reading those, my, my gut just, ugh, it, it quenched in my gut. Some of these hands that we were dealt, 
Some of them our fault. We got ourselves in this situation and some weren't. And I think about spades because a lot of us like to play spades or, 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 or blackjack, you know? And so in, in spades, what? You, you, the trump is what? The black cards are the trump. You want to get these. A lot of people say black is, 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 is bad or the black sheet. Oh, no. In cards, these cards are the best cards, right? Those black spades. And you think about when you don't really have a good hand when you play in spades. And so uh, if you never played it, that's okay. But if you don't have a good hand, you have a partner, right? And you kind of like hope that your partner have the books. And so you two don't, you do, you don't tell them which, what you have in your hand. You kind of give your partner the signal. Like I got two or, you know, you give them the signal and they'd be like, okay. And they may have 10. <laughs> And 10 is what, 200? We have an open mic here. And so 10 is, 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 is 200. But the thing is you have a partner. And so you depend on your partner to make the books where you lack at. And then sometimes you have a strong hand and they may lack. The thing is, you, if you can depend on your partner for a good hand, why can't you depend on Yahweh? He's your partner. I, you can't see the other person's card. I can't see what Yahweh is going to do in this spade game. But I know he's a winner. I know he always holds a good hand, right? You don't have to prostitute yourself. You don't have to sell drugs. You don't have to go out here and kill anybody. You don't have to do any of that. What you got to do is just play your hand that you have and know that God is your partner or Yahweh is your partner. He going to make it right. You're going to come out a winner because, you know, you have a powerful partner, right? Despite of everything that's going on. Blackjack, I think about that with, with, with your hand. You're playing against the dealer. And, and the book says you're always supposed to hit 16 if the card is a seven or higher, seven to eight. But I never hit it. When I play it, I never hit it because the odds are usually against me. But you know what? You never know whether that dealer, what if they have a seven, 10 or ace up, you don't know what's in the bottom, right? They can have a losing hand. And a lot of times I'll win on it, just sitting on that against all the odds. Sometimes you just have to be still and wait on Yahweh. And when it's all against you and, and, and you're going against the grain and you're going against the book, but God, but God, the dealer have a six or a five in the near and he'll bust because you waited. We were dealt a bad hand. It, it, it really breaks my heart. And I try not to get emotional when I read some of these things and I've heard some of these things on this page. We were dealt a bad hand in the United States. We're paying for our innocent, you know, we can't blame what we said, white folks. Our ancestors done some things wrong. We were taken into slavery here. We were dealt a bad hand, but you got to play the hand you have. And if you put Yahweh and, and Yahshua and God first, you'll come out a winner. I know because I've tried them, but sometimes you just have to be still and wait and be patient.
Anybody have anything they want to say? I'm going to play a quick song after this, but anything, anybody have any anything they want to elaborate on about what I just said? I know it's, it's deep because right now you're thinking about what hand was I dealt and what hand do I have right now? You're thinking, what, what, what's, what's going on right now in my life? Think about it and think about how you're going to play it and to your best of your ability. Our, our, our ancestors didn't have good cards, but we here, we made it. We're not dead. We had a roof over our head, food on the table, some of us. And if you didn't then, you, you probably do now, I'm sure. And if you don't, there's things available rather than you killing, stealing, prostituting or, or going outside the camp. Reach out to me if you, if you outside the camp and if you don't know, reach out to me. At least I can give you some direction. Okay. And your comment uh, about the hand you were dealt. Um, for me, I always look past the statement that's made and say, how can I make the change? It always falls back to me, even if I didn't cause the issue with the cards I'm dealt, how am I gonna play the hand? And usually, unless it's at the end of the game, the dealer always has another card. You can always ask for another card if you don't like what you have. If I don't like what I have, I sit and wait and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to get a different card? or to play a different hand. I don't throw it in, not yet. And so I look to find uh, alternatives that work for me and for those around me. Uh, sure, we're upset about the cards we're dealt, but how are we playing the cards? Right. How are we using the cards? Are we asking for a different card? Or are we just throwing it all in and using our own wits to try and win the game. Most likely you won't win the game when you use your own wit. Sometimes you do. If you're uh, looking at prior experience, I've played this, I've seen this hand before. I do that with a card game I play. I'm like, I've seen this hand before. What did I do last time that didn't work? So if you are able to turn that around and say, how do, am I gonna react to this? How am I gonna play this card? How, am I gonna get rid of it? or use it for a later time, that can help. Amen, amen. And you're gonna get dealt another hand. You, you're not gonna keep those cards forever. You got, you, you're gonna be dealt a different hand. It has to be, you're gonna, and sometimes you're gonna have a good card, sometimes you're gonna have not so good card, but it's how you play it. Yeah, when you, when we're in this life, I can, think about life experiences and, and decisions that I had to make because based upon the hand that I've been dealt, if, you, if we're looking at, looking at an analogy, when uh, Akota Lisa and I first got married, um, we were living in Gary, Indiana, and we, our hands, we were dealt hands, right? And things started to change in that hand. We're just getting married. We're just getting started trying to get, you know, get our act together, trying to build a family. And, and things started to change. 
I mean, you know, the, as we pull cards from the deck, right? Your hand changes. And so you pull from the deck, it's a blind deck. You don't know what it is. But in that dealing and, and we're praying and things are changing and we can see the change. You can actually see it because you're pulling from the deck and you can see when you pull it up, you say, uh-oh, I'm going to have to make some changes in this hand. I get it. Real, you start arranging the cards and things like that to, to make it work out, right? And, and thinking about what's going on around me, what's in the other people's hands. I wonder what they've got. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know what they have, but I do know what I have. So one of the things that we did in our dealing is we made a decision, a conscious decision to change because we know that our father doesn't change, right? He's the, he's, he got it. He knows what's under there. He knows what's in the deck, you know? And so uh, he's, okay, what are you going to do with this hand that you got? Now, what are you going to do? So we made a decision, a conscious decision for our family. We want to change their hand. So let's change our situation. So we left Gary, Indiana. I said, I know there's a better place. I can, there's a chance I can get a better hand in another place. So we moved. Uh-huh. And sure enough, that was a, it was a tremendous change. It was a good change. We didn't know at the time. We knew that it was going to be different, right? And suspected that it would be better because I had been there. I'd already looked over on the other side. So I said, I know a better place. Let's go. And we jumped in that Corvette. All three of us in that little old Corvette. Think about it. You got three people. <laughs> My baby was 18 months old. We jumped in that Corvette and headed for Houston, Texas. All right. Right. We were gone. We were gone. I mean, circumstance. We were changing our hand. We were changing. We were throwing. We said, let me give me a whole hand. Threw our hand in. We threw the whole hand into the deck. Said, give me some more. Five more cards. Amen. We did. We did. And we took off. That reminds me of us. That yeah. reminds me of Griff and I coming here. Yeah. Yeah. We got in our car, we had our dog, we had our little stuff in the back. We threw our hand in and came here. Yeah, yeah. And so we're at this, and that same situation comes again. We find ourselves, according to Lisa and I, we find ourselves in the same position again. We're saying, wait, wait, this thing is changing. It's time for us to make another decision. So we're making another decision, right? We're going to change our hand. We're going to throw our hand in again, and we're going to make another change, right? And every time that we've done that, it's been better. So we know that the father has something better planned for us because every remember everything, right? All things work together for good of those that love God that are called according to his purpose. So no, whatever hand you get, it depends on the decision that you make, mm-hmm. right? Not the father's decision, but your decision is going to change your hand. You can throw that old hand in and get your fresh start, right? Throw it in. Because again, when you throw it in the deck, when they pull out the deck, the deal is going to just give you cards. You're not, you don't know what's on the card, but you know one thing, I get a fresh start. Amen. And it's called that free will. Mm-hmm. It's called that free will. You have a free will to make a change. You know who you are. We're telling you, you're royalty. We're telling you, you're the descendants of Shem, Abraham, Isaac, the blessings. You are the original Jews. We're telling you every week, we're proving it. We've given you the literature to look it up. You have power. You can speak things into existence. You have to know who you are. Yeah. Anybody else have anything before I I play a quick song? And so we we know we were dealt a a bad hand. It's a difference between struggling being raised. A lot of times they say, oh, well, quit making excuses. There is a difference. 
We do have excuse, but we have to move past it. It's a struggle being brought up in poverty from being just, just brought up in, in a person or financially secure in a household. There's different struggles and challenges that you face. And if you say you don't, you're a liar. <laughs> it is traumatizing, but we've, okay. made it, we've made it past it and we're here. I'm going to play a quick song, y'all. Give me you. Just give me you. Everything else can wait. Give me you, Lord. Give me you. I'm not too late. You're never too late as long as you have breath. He can hear your heart. Say it. 
Everything else can wait. Give, Give me, me you. I just hope I'm not to late. Amen. Amen. Apostle Benjamin, if you can go into prayer, please, before we go into the word. Yes. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> we thank you, Father, for our health and strength. We thank you that we can call out to you today. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you and I miss. We thank you for your love, joy, and peace. We thank you for gentleness or self-control. We thank you that you are our provider, our protector. Yeah. You're our healer. You are all in all. Give us this day our daily bread. And let the word that come from the rabbi penetrate and teach us more. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for that beautiful prayer. We thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Saturday. Uh, our parish hall last week was Leviticus 21 uh, through 24 up to the 23rd uh, verse. That's what we'll be talking about. Our new parish hall is Leviticus chapter 25 through 26 up to the second verse. So the new parish hall for next week, 25, Leviticus 25 through 26 up to the second verse. We thank you so much, uh, Rabbi Avshalom. We thank you for diligently coming on, feeding us the word of God and teaching us. We thank you and you have the screen. Hmm. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm uh, oh. uh, thankful to be here once again to share in this uh, tremendous work. I, I, I call it a work because we're reaching out, right? We're reaching across boundaries and and we're striving to to touch believers uh where they are so uh as a, a code easter said we're moving up i did you know thinking about the time that has passed a hundred episodes and uh you know it's it's uh it's a good thing it, it's a good thing so we're going to today, I'm, I'm watching my clock now, we're going to attempt to look at the parashah and the haftorah portion. So 
those of you that have been following us through the whole time, you know that we do uh, the Torah, which is a Torah portion. And then we do the Haftorah portion, which is usually the prophets. And then we actually have the Brit Hadishah, which is the renewed covenant, not the new covenant, but the renewed covenant, which is in, again, what we call, some call the New Testament. Um, but it's the renewed covenant for, for us. And um, I'm going to attempt to share my screen. Oh, okay. I have to wait. Uh, you have to give me control. I don't have control yet. But anyway, um, I'll move forward regardless. Okay, I'm giving it to you now. Okay, we're going to be looking at, I'm going to spend my time basically on the Haftorah portion. Um, you because, have. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, the parashah this week is dealing with the priesthood. And it deals with the holiness of the priesthood and, and things of that nature. Um, and, and right now, we're not in the land of Israel. So I'm not going to put a lot of time into the parasha itself, because until we go back into the land, I mean, it's a good teaching tool, right, to prepare us for going back to the land. But um, right now, Mashiach has not come, and the Father has not, de has not delivered us into the land. But again, it's, it's important for us to know the priesthood and know how the priesthood operates and how, because in fact, we are priests, right? Amongst other nations. If you are born into Israel, those that are going to God, uh, then you are to, we are to act as set aside or set apart people. And we have a lifestyle that we are supposed to live. And so that's what the parashah is dealing with this time. It also deals with the um, the feast, right? We know that it deals with the feast and, and how we're to carry them out. But in the uh, 24th chapter, you see, in the 24th chapter of Leviticus, it, it talks about the priesthood in a way that they are the judges of Israel. And, and it actually lets you know that Ours is not a religion, but it is a government. It is a spiritual government that is being manifest in the earth through us because we are Adam, we are men, but we are not just men. There is a psalm that says, you know, don't you know that you're gods, but yet you shall die like men, meaning don't you know that you are powers, that you are people of authority, but yet you're going to die like men. In other words, we're going to be shot, we're going to be killed, we're going to get old, and, and, our, and our, we're going to transition in one way or another. But it's just like men on the earth. We're, going to, we're just like that. And because these are laws that have been set up in the book of Better Sheep. Okay. So when we're studying the scripture, and when we're in the book of Leviticus, we're going to the book of Deuteronomy, all these books, in these books, we find the code, different codes of ethics for us, of how we are to live as a, or in God's kingdom, Avino's 
kingdom. Or, um, so it's, it's important to know that. And also understand, and we stress this all the time, he is not going to change. It is us who must change, okay? It is us. So when you read that book of, of, of Leviticus in that chapter 24, you look at our code of ethics, of how our, our system of justice is supposed to be balanced and just. The reason why, one of the reasons why we are here in this land is because our judges were unjust in their dealings with the people whom they're supposed to watch out for and to guide and to help them to help to understand holy and unholy and clean and unclean six days of labor versus the seventh day of rest. And our forefathers broke this covenant. Our forefathers did. And that is why we're here. That is why we, as I go back to previously, that's why we have the hand that we have today. Mm -hmm. We caused it. See, when we pray, we can't separate ourselves from our forefathers. I like the prayer that says, I'm no better than my father. Because actually we're doing the same thing that they did. We have taken on the customs of the people who captured us and enslaved us. We have taken on their, their, their ideals, their customs. We accept their sins and we live in them. And, we, and at the same time, reject our code of law, our code of ethics, our code of worship. We reject it every day, every week, continually. And we dress like, walk like, talk like, act like the world said, you can't tell us it apart from them. You can't because of the way we act. And then we expect a different outcome. We continue to sin, continue to do the same things and expect a different outcome and we are crazy and mad. That's, a, that's madness. It's not gonna change until we change. We pray so that we will change. And every time you look at Israel before they went back into the land, they had to change. They had to change. They prayed fast and they changed. And so this is what we have to look at when we look at it in the book of, of Leviticus, which teaches us how to be holy, teaches us how to live a holy and separate life, distinct, separate and distinct from the world's religion and the world's system. Okay, let me use this analogy again to remind, and for those that haven't heard it, and for those who have heard it, okay, listen at this thing, listen at this thing, and, and it's, in the fish tank, we're going back to the fish tank. Because after I get through doing this fish tank, we're going over to Ezekiel 44. But let's do this fish tank first. In the fish tank, you have these fish in there and we feed them their good food every day. The food that they love, we keep feeding to them. That's the Torah. In the beginning, Israel loved the Torah. When, when David was that King David reigned, they were loving the Torah. When Moshe Rabbeinu, had, they were kind of rebellious with Moshe Rabbeinu, had movement. When Joshua's era came in, then they, the majority of the people loved the Torah. They ate it and feasted on it, kept the feast, kept the Sabbath day, kept the, 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 the feast days, and, 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 and kept themselves for both part pure until, again, 
our fathers rebelled, but they loved it and they kept it. And then in that fish tank, because of our decision, there was a, a, um, a glass partition put in there. You could see through it and you could see everything on the side. And so they separated us on one side and put the, and put the Torah on the other side. And we saw that Torah, we threw that Torah in there and we ran, the first fish ran to it and hit that glass and couldn't get to it. They couldn't get to it. That was slavery. We couldn't get to it. They took it. They put a petition between us and the Torah. The slave masters put a petition between us and the Torah. Uh. In the beginning, our forefathers understood. They were running, trying to get there. But then for after a while, they forgot about it because they couldn't get to it. And the Torah was there. It was on the other side, but they couldn't get to it. So they gave up and said, look, it's no, it's no use. We can't get to our word. We can't get back to our ways, our custom. Our language is gone. It's all gone. It's over there. We can see it, but we can't get to it. The other nations have it, and they're thriving with it, but we can't get to it. It's not for us. And then after a while, after, after 2,000 years, they said, let's remove this partition. You see how I'm changing the story a little bit now, right? Uh -huh. After 2,000 years, they removed that petition. Father said, get that petition out of the way. Make it available for them. Uh -huh. And so, petition is removed. But guess what? The Torah is all amongst us. The, 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 those, the nations who have kept the Torah, they are all amongst us. They live in it. We see them. We see them going to the synagogue. We see them with their kippahs on. We see them with the tzitzit on. They're walking around us, and we're looking at them. That's our Torah. Uh -huh. That's our custom. Those are our laws and things. And we see them and we say, oh, that's so good. And so they got it. And they're so blessed. That's the, those are the chosen people. Forgotten who you are. The petition is gone. But then there were a few that said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Remember, he said, I would always leave a, rem a, a remnant there. Uh -huh. And that remnant was in there and said, it's over. We can get back to our Torah. And they went to it and they grabbed the either. But the rest of them said, it's not for us. That's not ours. And as a matter of fact, they don't even remember it. They just said, look at those people thrive with that Torah. They got it. Speaking the language, got the language and everything. And it's, but the father said, petition is gone. It's yours. The information is there. Go and look at it and see who it says in that book that they're studying. It shows you who you are. Mm -hmm. It shows you your inheritance. It shows you that you are my priest. And we're saying, I just can't get it. Mm. Petition is gone. The Sabbath, the feast, the glory and the praise and the worship that comes through knowing the Torah and knowing who you are, it's there. But our people are starving and dying because they refuse to eat of the food. And so many of them, many of them are still dead. Mm -hmm. But for those that have accepted the Torah and have, have gone back remember and, and striving to learn and remember the Torah and to live in it and to teach their children, you know, that's, it, it, they're, they're like a resurrection. It's like a resurrection from the dead. It's a first resurrection. It's, that's what it is. That's all it is. It's a, it is. it's a representation of the first resurrection. And we're going, it's like when Yeshua was on the cross and it says that on a, on a tree and when the people got up out of their grave and went into the city as an example and they went as a witness to the people. That's us who believe, who have returned to the Torah. We are that first, we are the ones that came in when the, when the, when the graves are opened up. In other words, the petition was removed 
we accepted it and we've gone, we're going into the cities. We're going over the airwaves. We're going out to the nation and saying, we are the people mm-hmm. of the book. Mm-hmm. We are being witnesses. You said, what happened to the witnesses? The witnesses are still there. They're still crying. We are still crying out. And the people are still saying it's not ours. Mm. Let me make some people mad. Instead, they're saying, I love Jesus. I love this Jesus. I'm following Jesus. And Jesus said, love the Father. Don't, oh, I love the Father. You can, it's okay to love me, but don't worship me. The Father. He said, I sent these people out there. I opened the grave so that you can come back to the Father, not to me. Come to the Father. I'm leading you to the Father. I'm telling you that there's a day coming when you will no longer look to me, but you will look to the Father in my name. Mm-hmm. He took the petition away. The petition is removed and he's there. So let's move on now. Let's see what he's doing. This is going to do what he's going to do in the future. What is Yeshua going to do in the future? Go with me. Follow me over to, let's see if I can share. Oh, where's the thing? Where's the share? Am I sharing? You're not sharing yet. I'm going to share right now. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Ezekiel 44. Now it starts at at, uh, 44 and 15. But I'm going to go back up just a little bit, if I may. Ezekiel 44 and 3. Remember, you know, this is future, right? Yeshua has already opened our eyes. He's already sent out the resurrection, the first resurrection. If if you can receive that, just like I said, if you can receive it, Elijah has already come. I'm, I'm asking the same question. If you can receive it, I'm making the same statement. If you can receive it, we have had a first resurrection. And that resurrection is still going on. People call it a revival. Remember Azusa Street revival, right? Well, this is the same thing going on right now. What you're seeing going on, it's already happening and it's happening again. And it's for you, for everyone listening, it's for you. I'm not telling you to give up your Messiah. I'm not telling you to, I'm telling you to point to the father, come back to the Torah that he came to reveal to us, to take the petition away so you can come back home to the Torah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying give up Messiah. I'm saying whole Messiah. But do what he came, you know, obey what he came to do. That is to guide you back to the Father through his teachings, which are the Torah. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Now watch this. It says, Ezekiel 44. It is for the prince. Now, when he talked about prince, you know, we talk about Aliyahu HaNavi. Navi is prince. It means prince, right? But it's not talking about Elijah here. It's talking about Messiah. Messiah is also called the prince, okay? In case you don't understand and know that. Now, you'd have to really study this. Uh, with and, and, and by the way, I've seen some commentary from the enemy's teaching that I got it actually right here on the side, how they uh, explain it, which is actually incorrect, okay? Because they don't understand what is actually going on. I'm saying it. I'm saying it a lot. They're saying it. They're doing it incorrectly. All right. And when you study the scripture and look at the scripture, you see that there's a, a an error in that. All right. But you have to know the Torah first, which is why we focus on the Torah. All right. And the prophets. You got to know the Torah before you can know the prophets. All right. And if you're in our advanced teaching, you'll see, understand you start to seeing the representation or the manifestation of spiritual things in the earth. You know, so here 
Ezekiel 43 says, it is for the prince, the prince, he shall sit in it, eat uh, it to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the porch of that gate and shall go out by the way of the same. See, the problem with, um, here, let me read, let me read theirs for you. Let me read what, what the, 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 the other side, those who weaponize the scripture, Okay, those who weaponize the Bible against us, this is what they say. They said, uh, the prince, can you see this? Well, I got, it is. Yes, we can see it. Okay, they said, it is probable. Listen at this. It is probable that the prince mentioned here and elsewhere does not mean the Messiah. You know why they're saying that? It's because they want you to think about uh, the pie in the sky. That's what they, they don't want you to realize that the father is going to reestablish us in the land of Israel and it's going to be manifest on the earth through us. Okay, that's why they can't see that the prince is the Messiah. It says, but a ruler of Jewish nation for the time being. Now, Ezekiel's in the future, talking about the future, third, the, the third temple. And they're saying it's for, you know, so for it is not only directed where it should, where he should sit in the temple and eat his portion of the sacrament and when and how he should go out but it is also ordered or ordered that at the Passover, he shall offer bullock and sin offerings for, for him and the people. The prophet says, see, they're going against what the prophecy says. They're saying this is not going to happen when Messiah comes, but this is actually talking about the Messiah in Ezekiel and what's going to happen in the earth. Our descendants, those that are able to, to be here when Messiah comes are going to experience this. In fact, they take this and say, this is the Antichrist. And many ask, they turned this to be the Antichrist and that they're worshiping the wrong, they're worshiping the Antichrist. Actually, when you start really getting into their teaching. So what they're doing is taking you away from, again, weaponizing. This is how they weaponize our Torah against us. And they did this. this the enemy is still at work. And I'm glad, I'm so glad the Father allows me to expose this stuff to the believers. Okay. The prophecies are real. And when you try to change it, we can, we are here to expose what is incorrect. All right. This is talking about, you see what's happening now. If you look at the land now, you got the people in the land, they're trying to, they're trying to build a temple. They are not the people to build that temple. They're not the people to build that temple, okay? Messiah comes and deals with that, okay? He says, now, uh, of course, he shall enter in at the porch. Now, if you, you know, you can challenge me on this if you want to, but go back and, and go back and read. Watch this. I'm going to go, I'm going to do something here. Uh, let's see if this thing will do it. Okay. In Zechariah, Zechariah chapter six, verse 12. I got my note over there. You can see that it says, and again, another prophet says, and speak unto him saying, thus said the Lord, thus speak the Lord of hosts saying, behold the man whose name is the branch and he shall grow out of his place and she'll build the temple of the Lord. That's talking about, and we say, okay, this is Messiah, right? He said, even he shall build the temple of the Lord and he shall bear the glory and shall sit. Listen at this now, he's gonna build the temple and he shall sit 
and rule upon his throne. And he shall be a priest upon his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. It's the same person. The branch and the priest and the prince are the same person. You see, so I'll give you the witnesses to show you in the Torah and the prophets of who he's talking about. You see, of who he's talking about. Right. So don't be, don't those who weaponize the scripture against us, those very ones who weaponize the scripture against us, when the when the petition was removed, they're the ones that are, that have that have that have poisoned our mind, our spiritual mind to to believe to un, unbelieve that that we are the people and that is there for us and that we must return. And remember, he is not going to change. He has not changed. We have to change. We have to return. We have to repent. It's our responsibility to repent. Now, let me go on. Let me move a little faster here. It says, uh, and then it brought me the way of the north between two. Uh, let me, I got it too. I got my thing in the way. I can't see it. Okay, I got to move this stuff around. Okay. Okay. Uh, then it brought me, and, and this is a pro, again, this is a prophecy, right? And he is seeing, he's in the, he goes into the spiritual realm, and he's actually what we call the Minakaba. He's in the, the experience in the chariot, prophetical uh, uh, visions. And, and this is Ezekiel. He says, Then brought me the way of the north gate, or north gate before the house. And look, and look, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house, the, the house of the Lord. And I fell upon my face, okay? And the Lord said to me, son of man, mark well and behold that with thine eyes and hear with thine ears all that I shall say unto thee concerning all the ordinances, listen at this, in the future, all of the ordinances of the house of the Lord. So we are here now learning those ordinances through the Torah and the prophets, but basically through the Torah, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. I should say Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, because it goes over and over, repeats, and, and, and it expounds them on these over and over again because it's so important for us. Remember, our word has been turned against, our book has been turned against us, it's been taken from us for 2,000 years as a people, but we've always had a remnant. There's always been a remnant that have maintained the Torah for us. And he also used other nations to, to steward that because he knew that we are rebellious people, okay? And he said, all the laws, listen at this, all the teachings, let me change that, and all the teachings thereof, all right? And mark well the entering uh, into in of the house with every going forth of the sanctuary. And thou shalt say to the rebellious, that's us, all right? Us. Even to the house of Israel, that's us, all right? Clarify, clarification, us. Thus said the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations, reminding us of what we've done, why we're here, but what he's going to do for us in the future, okay? This is on me. All right, this I take personally that I'm going to read right now. This I take personally, right? 
not because I'm a priest, not that I'm a, a Levite of the sons of Zadok, but because I accept the responsibility the yoke of teaching the Torah to the nations while we wait for the Messiah. Okay, he says, in that ye have brought into my sanctuary strangers uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh to be in my sanctuary, to pollute it, even my house, when you offer my bread, the fat and the blood, and they have broken my covenant because of your abominations. My responsibility is to show you the facts and the truth and the Torah and the teachings. If I don't do that, if I tell you it's all right to live like the nations, then I am responsible. He says those abominations would be my abominations. If I tell you it's okay to live the lifestyle of the world and the nations, that's me. It's on me. So this is why I choose to read from the book and from the scriptures, from the teachings directly to you, because it's not my words, even though I may expound on it and give examples of my life and the life of things that I've experienced, I still want you to be able to read it, to hear it, because often when, when Israel came together, the people, they read from the scrolls, because when I read from the scrolls, it's, you are hearing it directly, hot off the press, it's not mine, it is from the command of our father passed on through generations. So if I tell you it's okay to come in uncircumcised, and both circumcisions, you must have both circumcisions in order to enter into the covenant. I'm talking about covenant now. I'm not talking about entering into any religion. No, we're not a religion. We are not a religion. We are a nation of people, a royal priesthood. We are not a religion. All right. Religion takes you to war. Religion causes you to go out killing people. Religion causes you to burn crosses and, and stuff in people's yards. Religion causes you to go up and blow and blow up uh, abortion clinics and uh, and and re, and 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 all these things that you see going. On. Religion teaches you to hate people because of what they look when or or because they don't accept your way. Mm -hmm. That's religion. We are not religion. We don't force ourselves, our teachers upon people, but we show you, and you must choose. See, you must choose. If you choose not to, then that's yours, that's on you. We're gone, we just walk on, we go our way. We're not missionaries. If anything, I'm an anti-missionary. I, and I'm saying it out loud over the broadcast, I am an anti-missionary because I am fighting against those who weaponize the, the Torah against us. So I am an anti, I am against the Catholic church. I'm saying it out loud because they weaponized against us. I am here for the lost children of Israel from whatever nation you're from. That's why I'm here. And I am not afraid to tell you, I am an anti-missionary. Those who weaponize the Bible against us, I am against them, their cause. I'm against their cause. I am a warrior for the house of Israel. Okay. I'm not a priest. All right. I'm a priest of God in that sense when I'm taken to the nation, but I am not of the house of Zadok. Not that I know of. I can say I don't know of because I don't, you know, I'm a, I got caught up in it. My family got caught up in this slave trade, this 
transatlantic slave trade. So I don't know, right? But I do know this, I can obey the Torah. When the petition was removed and my mother showed me the petition was removed, I accepted it and I'm standing on it right now. I accepted it and, and I am warring against, I'm warring against those that would, would keep our people from returning to the Torah. Mm-hmm. Fight against that the ideology. I do. I war against. So that's me. If you if you want to be angry with anybody, don't get made angry with anybody but me. All right. Because when you come at me, you're coming at the farm. And so I can stand back and I'm not worried about it. You know, I, I know what's going to happen if you go against the Torah. Okay. It says, and you have not kept the charge of my holy things, but you have set keepers of my charge in my sanctuary for yourself. What they did was again. Like I told you, the priesthood, the priesthood was corrupt. And so the Mashiach, Mashiach is coming to correct that, right? And there are people that are, again, incorrectly using the Torah and, and speaking things they don't really understand. And, and we're opening up and showing you, we're trying to open up and show you how our father has used the temple to reveal to us how the kingdom of, of, of God is manifested in the earth spiritually, okay? Well, we're taking spiritual things and bringing them to the earth naturally uh, so that people can see that and understand how it works. We don't need a God that we can see. See, when they weaponized the scripture, they gave us a God that they could see and they made it look like them. And we're still worshiping that God that man created and look like them. We still are doing it. Don't tell me you're not, because I know a lot of people that are doing it. A lot of them are doing it. And they don't understand when they say, I love Jesus, what they're doing. They said, I love the, the, the God that men placed before me that I can see. But when you say, I am with you sure, that means you are going with the God who our salvation, that's in his name. And you're going back to the Torah. I say a lot of things that would be controversial and make you angry. I intend to do that. Mm. That is my mission. That is my job. To provoke you to anger, to go back and research it and to disprove what I'm saying. Because when you get in the scripture, you cannot disprove the scripture. The only thing you can do when you see it is reject it and stay in rebellion, which is wickedness and witchcraft. But when you see the truth and I expose you to the truth and you reject it, then you know that you have no place, no lot in the kingdom that's coming until you repent and come back to the Torah. I'm saying some hard things today. That's on my heart. Mm-hmm. Father, put it on my heart. Teach. Sometimes we have to be hard. Sometimes. So it says, thus said the Lord God, no stranger. Listen at this. This is important for you who are struggling with this. And this is not me. This is the prophet. Straight off the press, Ezekiel, it says, thus said the Lord God. Notice it says, thus says the Lord God, not Ezekiel, right? It says the Lord God. He says, no stranger, uncircumcised, listen at this, uncircumcised in heart, boom, nor uncircumcised in flesh. Now, this is not Rob Haywood speaking, right? Not mm-hmm. Opshon. This is not Rob Opshon saying, this is, off the, that's why I said I read it. So you.
are nor uncircumcised in the flesh. You got to have them both. You can be uncircumcised in the heart or in the flesh, but it's saying both are just as bad. They're equal. He said, shall enter into my sanctuary. So in the earth realm, you see, in the earth realm, we desire to go into the temple, the house of worship, the house of prayer, but we're not, we're, and this circumcision represents the contract agreement as ratified through the father, by the father, with Abraham Avino of blessed memory. So you can't enter into the spiritual sanctuary. Now, a lot of you people don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, the spirit, when I'm talking about the spiritual sanctuary. You know, when we, uh, again, now let me, let me, let me do this. Y'all that, that have heard the, the, you know, when it talks about the sanctuary and, and it talks about things that you don't understand because in the sanctuary, when we enter into our prayer room, our prayer closet, we put our, our, our prayer cloth on, we enter into this holy of holy, we can't enter into a sanctuary. And what happens is that's when we start our prayer, right? That's our level of prayer. But as we continue to pray and we start getting into what, um, so let's do it like this. We do readings. We read the scripture. You know, everybody reads the scripture and they study before, right? So you're in a spiritual realm. When you start studying the scripture, you are in a spiritual realm. If there are two of you are there, you're in a spiritual realm. But in that, in, in that spiritual realm, the father is there and the son is there mm -hmm. and the real HaKodesh are there when you start to reading the scripture. Again, when anytime a person, when two people are come together, they should talk about scripture or at least study scripture at some point in time. Scripture should come on. So when you do that, you enter into a spiritual realm, which we call Asiyah. Now, if you have, if you haven't been into advanced class, this is foreign to you because you're still looking at the glass, but you're not going, the petition, not realizing that the petition is gone and you can go in and get some of this. You can go and get some of this because the petition is gone. So I'm giving it to him, right? It says, now, you start getting into praise and we had a little song today. We had a little praise and worship song today, right? Mm -hmm. So at that time we were in Yitzhak. It's just like creation and formation, right? So we enter another realm of the spiritual world being manifested in the earth through our song. Remember, I'm showing you spiritual things in the natural realm, okay? And then we go into what we call Biriah, which is what we're doing the Shema and his blessing. Now, a lot of you don't even know what the Shema is. The Shema, you do the Shema, you get two blessings before and two blessings after, or sometimes three blessings before, a long and a short blessing, but you're doing the Shema. Shema Yisrael, Okay. So we say the Shema that enters us into Beriah, and then we get into our prayers, right? We call it the Amidah understanding prayer. But when you enter into your prayers, now you're in Azilut which is actually our closest to, to the human realm, but we're still dealing in the spiritual realm, all right? Remember that, understand that. This is what's going on. So you can't enter into the sanctuary, the spiritual sanctuary, if you're uncircumcised in spirit and in heart. So you're not able to enter into these realms. Though you sing, though you read, if you're not uncircumcised, if you've not entered the contract agreement, I'm telling you now, you have an opportunity while you're still living to do that. Now, if you haven't been taught this, then it's, you're not responsible for it. 
But now that you've heard it, you can't take it back because the word has gone forward and your ears have been open and you've heard it. So now you're responsible. I took the responsibility off me and I put it on you. The women, you don't have to worry about it, women. You just have to be circumcised where? In the in heart. The heart. Mm-hmm. Your circumcision is in your heart. You've entered into the contract agreement in your heart. What does that mean? That means you're going to obey the teachings of the Torah. All right. You have a desire in our heart for the Torah. So now you can enter into the spiritual sanctuary, even though you're still on the earth. It says now, it says, again, thus said the Lord God, no stranger uncircumcised in heart, nor uncircumcised in flesh shall enter into my sanctuary of any stranger that is among the children of Israel. Listen at that. Everyone, everyone is responsible whether you are call yourself a Gentile or a Greek, if you're going to enter into this contract agreement, you must, what? Heart and flesh for the men. For the women, your heart. In other words, you have a desire to keep the Torah so that you can enter in and take your family. Remember, it was my mother that took me into the sanctuary. It was my mother, not my dad, but my mother did it. You women, you're a powerful people because you're with the children and you have the opportunity. So if your heart is circumcised, if your heart is circumcised, you're going to teach your children. And when you teach your children, because remember, you have them at birth, their umbilical cord, their navel is attached to yours. You pass on what you receive to your children first in the womb. So if you're studying the Torah while they're in your womb, they're getting it right there. If you're reading the Torah while they're in your womb, they're getting it there. They've already got a leg up because you are already circumcised at heart, passing it on to your child. Dads can't do that. Now we can speak it and the baby can hear us speaking to the mother. So it's important for us when we're talking to our wives when they're pregnant to speak the word of God and speak with love and compassion to our, our wives. So that, that that child inside of her can receive that. And when the child comes out, he'll know your voice or she will know your voice and continue on their learning. So that, and this has an important thing that happens in our children that we don't understand oftentimes. I'm blessed that my Isha understood that. Akilda Lisa understood that. She was circumcised at heart, see? And so our children, she gave them over to the Lord before they were even born. She understood her heart circumcised. I'm, see, so I can I give you testimony of what I understand. And, and my mother, again, she passed it on, right? I know she did it to me and she did it to those that were before me. I'm number six out of seven. And I know we all got it, right? Okay, it says, says and now the next one it says, and the lead, I'm going to have to cut it off, too, because it's after 12 o'clock. So y'all going to have to just marinate on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. I've already given y'all some spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of you may not be able to handle. But I'll I tell you this. The petition is removed. It's your choice. It's your time now. It's your chance now. Go to the Torah. It says, and the Levites that are gone away from me. Listen at this. The Levites that are gone away from me when Israel went astray, which went astray away from me. After their idols, they shall even bear their iniquity. You see, the Levites have responded, the, the priesthood. That's the priesthood is talking. About. You know, I haven't even gotten into the Haftorah portion. 
I'm I'm ahead of I'm doing the introduction to the half Torah portion. You see, but it's showing you that the Levites, you know, that tribe of Levi has a responsibility, and they did not hold up their end of the bargain. That's why I said back up earlier. This is my responsibility because I'm I I have accepted the yoke of teaching, not that I'm a priest. Again, I said not that I'm a priest. I know a Levite that I know of. Because the Levites had a responsibility that they did not live up to. And Yeshua came and told them. Yeshua told them. You see, you don't have Moses. If you did, you would believe me. Right? If you believe, if you had him, you would believe me. It tells you that those that were in his time did not. They were not circled out of heart nor spirit. And they were there operating in the priesthood. And there were all kinds of abominable things going on in the temple. So it had to be destroyed. It was polluted. All mm -hmm. these things. Now, when you're reading this, this uh, parashah, and, and, and you're talking about parashah in Leviticus, uh, Leviticus mm -hmm. 23 through up to 24, and you get into Ezekiel, same thing. It's talking about the priesthood. And it talks about the, the priest should not be polluted by going out amongst people with the anointed clothing on. It's supposed to take them off. The priests that were in time of that, they were not operating in the anointing and they were going out and being polluted amongst the people in other words they were doing what the people did they were getting involved with things they should not have been involved with when they were supposed to be separate from the people so that they could offer up spiritual sacrifices but they were not doing it and when the priesthood were removed then the rabbis came in and what a disaster that became not a total disaster because we still have rabbi, I don't call me rabbi, a teacher, you know, rabbi is a teacher, right? Rabbi also means master. I'm not a master. I'm not your master. I'm, I'm your brother. I'm here to help you come back to the Torah. I'm here to let you know that the, that the petition is removed. The father removed that darkness. Remember, Yeshua said the same thing. He said, I've taken away the cloak of ignorance. So you have no excuse. So I'm following what Yeshua says. Some of you call him Jesus. I say, and I'm going to use the name Jesus. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. I have removed the cloak of ignorance so they have no excuse. So mm -hmm. I'm here in the same spirit, taking away the cloak of ignorance so you have no excuse. Come back to the Torah. Come back to your first love. Sure, they weaponized your Torah against you. Took it away from him. They had a, a young man tell, asked me today, he said, why were the Africans, why didn't they know the Bible? Why were they here? I said, what are you talking about, young man? You know, you haven't been taught properly. When those Europeans came in there, the Torah, the people of, 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 of Africa, the tribes were there and they were in Torah, had their own books, had their own Torah there. And they were, uh, but when they came in, they weaponized, they brought Jesus in there and they weaponized and started saying, this is your God, a white man with blonde hair, blue eyes, Cesar they showed it and then and then beat them down and, and gave them alcohol and gave them uh, all kinds of uh, stuff to persuade and then gave them that uh, King James 1611, whatever, you know, we have now, but whatever they, they whatever they did, took the Torah out of it, pointed mm -hmm. them toward this, this blonde hair, blue eyed person, Cesar mm -hmm. de weaponized and said, you're a slave, you bow down to your master. I'm your master. And look on the cross, this is your master. And so now people have been brainwashed into, I love Jesus, I love my slave master. And the, and the Muslims say, you're worshiping a white, uh, a white religion, a white God, mm -hmm. you know? 
God is not a person. He's not black nor white. And I don't worship a man that I can see. I don't worship Messiah. I worship the Father. I worship the Father. I believe Messiah. I believe in Messiah. And I believe that he's coming to redeem us and to bring us into the land, to establish the kingdom and to establish the godly kingdom on earth the way it is supposed to be done. Not pie in the sky, not wrapping it up in the sky and you know, all up in the sky, no, on the earth. In Rabbi, Israel. Rabbi, put the focus on you. Put, put okay. the on yeah. you. So uh, that's, you know, I want you to come back to, I want you to come to reality that this thing was given to you to keep you away. Now, I'm not the only one that could teach. You know, we have our own resident scholar. Who is our resident scholar? What's his name? Minister. Bill Griffin Jr. Minister. <laughs> he is our resident scholar. He has studied these things, though, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So and I'll be glad when he comes on and, and, and does his, his thing because he's a resident, he is our resident scholar, right? And yeah. able and apt to too. teach, right? Right? And so this is what we're here to do. We're here to work with you, to help you, Israel, come back, come back. You know, it's your home. We're not trying to take you away from Messiah. Stay with Messiah because it's important. He says, my son, right? Do you know his name? Again, there's more teaching on that. So you understand that, right? There's more teaching on that, to, to you, but that's not the time for that. I want to teach you about Messiah, teach you about who you are and how you are to operate. But for right now, understand that Yeshua is coming back. He's coming. Messiah is coming in the land of Israel. If you don't, if you're not willing to submit to the teachings of the Torah. Don't expect to be there. Expect to be in the other nations, continuing where you are. Remember the hand that you dealt? Remember the hand that you've been dealt? Yeah. You have a chance to throw that hand in. Mm-hmm. Throw that old hand in. Get you a new set of cards. And that card, let it be the Torah. Because in those cards that you have, five cards, you have five cards stood. We play five cards stood. And I want I want to give you a scripture with that. First uh, Peter five, uh, chapter five, six through seven says, "Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, in due time, in His time." And seven says, "Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, His hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's even when you're losing the game, because we know we always don't win. We have tragedies. We have things go on. Mm-hmm. It's at the end. Who's the last one standing? Mm-hmm. It's the ending. He's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. Are y'all way? Anybody have any questions for the rabbi? Any questions for Rabbi Offshore? Rabbi, you want to go ahead and sum it up before we uh, before we go? Okay. For those who believe and those who desire to believe and those who want to, to really worship our Father, who really want to accept and walk in the Mashiach, all we're saying is, remember, you are a priesthood. And remember, when we're saying you're sanctified or you're kadoshim, 
in this world, we are to separate ourselves from the world system, the world's politics. All these things are, are there to pollute us. That is what pollutes us when we get caught up in the world system. It's, it's politics, it's, it's religion. We are not called to that. We are from Africa, Israel. You cannot separate Africa from Israel. When you do that, you put in a petition between you and the Father. The world will make you believe that Africa does not exist. And they try to eliminate Africa because Africa is where Israel proper is. It is the continent of Africa, right? All of it attached to one and Africa and then Asia. But we as Shemites, we are the children of Shem. We have always, always mixed with Ham. Ephraim, remember that there was a teaching was sent out, we sent out oh, Ephraim, it talks about Ephraim. Ephraim was Joseph's son, right? One of his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. They, their mother was Egyptian. Our forefathers were continually mixing with Ham. So we look like Ham, we can walk amongst Ham and you can't tell the difference between us. Ephraim took over Morocco. He was ruling, that's North Africa, by the way, Northwest Africa, you got Morocco, Northwest, Israel, Northeast. In between, you got the 10 tribes, right? Uh -oh. The other 10 tribes, all part of them down there in the continent of Africa, right? We're waiting. He says, beyond the rivers of Cush, I will call my supplanters. They will come and bring my offering. He's talking about you, talking about me that been caught up in the slave trade. So this, uh, this is the last thing I want to say. Dealing the card, five card stud. We're playing five card stud. The father threw you a new hand. He lets you know what's in that hand because in that five star, you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those are your five cards mm -hmm. that you have. That's your hand that you've been dealt today. You can see what's in your hand. Amen. All right? You got it. So take it and use that, that, that hand. That is your winning hand. Five card stud. You threw away that other hand that the, those that weaponized the scripture with, you threw that one away and you took on the five. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's your hand. Play it and win. Amen. Amen. We're going to go into a quick prayer. Amen, Rabbi. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Anything we said or done that is not of you, Right now, we ask for forgiveness, Father, dear God. We lift your name on high, Yahweh. You're the Lord of the Lord. You're the kings of the king. You're the doctors of the doctors. You're the priests of the priests. We thank you. As we look to the east for your help, we know if we've come our help. We ask that you help us. We ask that you circumcise our heart, Lord. We ask that we go back to the Torah and we face east. When we go back to the Torah of the love for you, Lord. We lay it all before you. We give it all to you. We ask that you use us. We ask that this word go out and that it's not void as Yahshua, he's sitting on the, on the right-hand side and he's advocating for us. We know that the, the moon will be oh, Sunday, a, a, a blood moon is coming. We know that you are the moon, you are the stars, you are our everything. You have chosen us. We know who we are. We speaking things into existence. We know the hand that we were dealt, but God. 
but God. He's a merciful God. He's dealing mercy right now. He's, he's dealing healing right now. He's dealing knowledge right now. He's loosening bondage right now. He's, he's giving forgiveness right now. He's dealing these cards right now. Are you receiving them? It's a choice, you know. Our God is a jealous God, our Yahweh. We're taking his card. It's too big for us. He has the winning end. We are his children. You don't think he gonna give you a winning card? We love you, Lord. And we give it all to you. The blessings are coming down. The skies of the heaven are open. It is the Sabbath. We will keep your day holy today. We will not move and we will not play. We will not do things, but we will wait on you. The winning hand. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We bless marriages right now. We bless households right now. We bless people that want to be married right now, sending them their spouse. <laughs> we, we, we give Amen. you, Lord, because only you have the right chosen hand for us. We thank you when we receive it. And Yahshua in our Yahweh name, amen. Amen, and it is so. We thank you for tuning in. We're here every Saturday. We have our 100th episode coming up. We ask that you leave your email address. We're gonna have a drawing on our 100th episode. Uh, you can win $100, you have an opportunity. We love you. And we will see you again next Saturday. Shalom. 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 Shalom.